Well, good evening, church. So my name is Matt Miller. I have the incredible honor of being the director of operations at the Rochester campus of Minnesota Adult and Teen Challenge. Uh, ladies, why don't you come on up here and join me? While they're coming up, I want to start by first and foremost just saying a great big thank you. Um, you guys make us feel like family. You, you make us feel so loved and so welcome with every interaction that we have with you. So from the bottom of my heart, I just want to start off by saying thank you to you. Um, the next, I got to take us down into the valley a little bit, but I promise we won't stay there long. How many of you know the last couple years have been hard? There's this little thing called COVID and a pandemic going on, but there's also been something that's been going on quietly in the background, an epidemic that has been destroying lives, and that is drug and alcohol addiction. You know, a lot of times when people say drug and alcohol addiction, the first thing people think is, oh, that's a Minneapolis thing, that's a St. Paul thing. I'm here to tell you it is not. It is right here in our own very backyards, and it is taking lives. I'm a numbers person just to kind of paint the picture of how bad things have gotten. I've got a few statistics I want to share with you. First and foremost, local sheriffs estimate that 90% of all crime that they deal with is drug and alcohol related in some form or fashion. So if you want to fight crime, you have to start by addressing addiction. 5.5% of adults in Minnesota meet the criteria for having an alcohol use disorder. Drug cases are, in our area are up 60%. Heroin seizures in our area are up 300%. In 2020, over 3 million lethal doses of fentanyl were found in Minnesota. That is enough fentanyl to kill half the population of our state. Meth, cocaine, and marijuana are all now being laced with fentanyl. So the sad reality of it is, is you can do anything nowadays and die. The CDC says that over 1,000 Minnesotans lost their lives to overdose last year, and across the United States, over 107,000 people died. This is taking so many young people from us that it has actually lowered the average life expectancy in our country. In fact, right now, it is now the number one cause of death for people who are 18 to 45. This is a huge problem. It is taking people's lives, it is destroying families. But aren't you glad that the story doesn't stop there? Aren't you glad that we know a man by the name of Jesus who is bigger than any of those statistics, who is able to break the chains and bondage of addiction? And that is what we firmly believe at Minnesota Adult and Teen Challenge. We believe that Jesus can set the captive free. And so we are a Christ-centered drug and alcohol treatment program. And what we do is we go around and we proclaim the gospel on Saturdays and Sundays in churches. We sing songs to Jesus and we tell testimonies of how good he has been in our lives. And so to do that, uh, we're going to start off by singing our first song and we're going to start with Amazing Grace.
that amazing grace that teen challenge is about. You know, 2 Corinthians 5.17 tells us that if anyone, anyone comes to Christ, no matter what you've done, no matter what your past looks like, behold, the old is gone and a new creation is here. And so we are going to give some testimony about that. For our first testimony, I'm going to ask Maggie to come forward. Hi, my name is Maggie McDonald. I'm 20 years old. I grew up in Spring Valley, Minnesota. Um, growing up, home life was difficult. Um, I grew up there for 15 years of my life. Um, I was bullied um, pre-K up until about ninth grade, and I was sexually assaulted when I was 10 years old, leading to numerous suicide attempts. I also struggled with uh, eating disorder and self-harm. Um, my parents got divorced when I was 15, and we moved to Stewartville. And at first things were going all right at school and then um, I started smoking marijuana and it ended up being synthetic. Um, I started skipping school, running away, just not being the person I was. Um, I um, went to treatment for about two years and I sobered up. Um, for a little under a year, and the start of my senior year, things were going good. I had an apartment of my own. Um, life was pretty normal, and 
Uh, the beginning of my senior year, I was raped, and that was the downward spiral of my life. Um, I got a mutual termination of my apartment. I went to the woman's shelter. I became homeless after that. Um, and I started using again um, things that had progressed to party drugs um, from synthetic marijuana. And I was using to cope from being raped. Um, I found myself to, um, from just party drugs to get into harder drugs and soon I was a full-blown IV meth user. Um, I used it to cope with everything. Uh, I was just numbing out the pain. I wasn't who I was anymore and over the last two years I've lost everything. Um, I thought it was hopeless for me. Um, I was in a very dark place. Um, in August of 2020, um, I was intubated um, after swallowing a very large amount of meth, and which means I had a tube put down my throat so I could breathe. I was unconscious for two days. Um, I had to learn how to walk again after being sedated. Um, and then in November, um, I got in a really bad car accident where I almost lost my life. Um, I hit a puddle of melting black ice and I crashed into a giant pine tree and my whole front of my car concaved in on itself. Um, there was a man in my life who was very abusive, um, who held me hostage for three days. I barely made it out alive. And throughout all these things, God's just had a hand upon my life. Um, he's had a purpose for my life. Um, and he saved me. Coming to Teen Challenge, I, I've had things I didn't always have throughout my addiction. I have three meals a day, a warm place to stay every night, and sisters. I've never had sisters before. Um, I'm learning more about my worth, my identity in Christ. Um, and a relationship with him. I've known Jesus all my life, but I never knew a relationship with him. Um, I have two months left. Um, I just hit a year sober. Um, thank you. Um, after this, I plan to go to the aftercare program called TCLI. Um, it's where I'm gonna further my relationship with Jesus Christ. It's like ministry school. Um, and thank you for having us. Oh, it's always so hard to come up here and share after they share their stories. They're just so, so beautiful. Um, that is what Teen Challenge is about. You'll hear a lot of reasons why clients come through our program, but trauma is something that a lot of them experience. Trauma makes somebody 10 times more likely to walk the path of addiction. And the Bible tells us in John 10 that, 10 that we have an enemy. His sole purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy. I believe that these women and the men that are back at our center tonight have a calling of God upon their life. And the enemy has come at them hard. You'll hear some more about that tonight. 
But the other part of that scripture tells us that Jesus has come to give life, not just life, but abundant life. That's what we're about at Teen Challenge. We don't want to create sober people. Everyone in this room can think of somebody who's sober and absolutely miserable. That's not what we're after. We're after true transformation. We're after these women being able to walk the path and live the way that God has called them to live. Amen? So with that, we're going to share our next testimony. I'm going to ask Ashley to come forward. Hi, my name is Ashley. I'm 27 years old, and I'm from Brainerd, Minnesota. My story starts off by doing like a 50-50 custody between my grandparents and my mother. Um, when I was with my grandparents, life was great. Uh, I got everything I needed, everything I wanted. Um, I've, I felt the most love when I was with my grandparents. They're just such amazing people. Um, when I was with my mom, it's a, it's a completely different story. Roles are completely turned around. Um, my mom suffers her own men addiction and drug addiction. So with that being said, there's a lot of men in and out of the house. And with that came physical abuse, sexual abuse, emotional abuse. Um, I always wanted to be like my older brother. I always looked up to him and he was, always, he was running around with a bad crowd and running around with a bad crowd um, at the age of 12 I was introduced to a drug called methamphetamine. Um, I started back-talking my grandparents, started doing terribly in school, had to go to an alternative school. Um, I just couldn't, I couldn't function in a normal school and do normal daily things. Um, when I was 16 years old, uh, my oldest son's dad uh, flat out told me, you know, you're gonna die from this, Ashley. Um, so I, d I decided to sober up for just about nine years before I started using again. Um, but to backtrack a little bit, um, at be being 16 years old, I also decided to pick up a heavy alcohol addiction. I thought I, w I, thought I was okay because I wasn't using meth anymore. I, just, I would just drink. So I, I didn't think I had a problem, thought nothing wrong of it. Um, when I was, when I was 19 years old, I gave birth to my oldest son, Brantley. He is now eight, and he's, he's a little spitfire. <laughs> um, and then I, I stayed sober during that pregnancy, and after I gave birth is when I started drinking again. I still didn't think I had a problem. Um, and then in 2000, 2017, I gave birth to my youngest son, Colton, who is now five. Um, he's, he's just a little sweetheart. He's so proper. <laughs> um, also, during that pregnancy, I stayed sober, um, but picked it right back up. Ended up going to treatment a couple different times for my alcohol addiction. Um, stayed sober after the second time I went. Um, but I started hanging out with the wrong crowd again um, and picked back up my meth habit. Um, I got pulled over one night. It was December 8th of 2018, and I got charged with a DUI my first possession charge. And it was that night that I also called my kids' fathers and said, come get the boys. I don't want them to be a part of this life anymore because I, I had been using in front of them. And I just, I didn't want them to be around that anymore. Um, after that, I started using fairly heavily. Um, there was another night I got pulled over and picked up pretty hefty drug charges. 
um, went to jail, and it was in jail where I thought I thought I was going to be there for quite a long time. They sentenced me to 110 months in prison. Um, and I always say, God answers you in three different ways. He says no, no, not yet, and yes. And I went to court, and I asked the judge if I could go to treatment, and he said no. Um, I went to court again, and I begged him, can I please go to treatment? And he said, no, not yet. So I, my hopes started to get rising a little bit after that. The third time I went to court, I was almost on my hands and knees asking, can I please go to treatment? And he said yes. So this lady in the jail introduced me to Teen Challenge. And I was like, I know what they're about. I'm not doing that. <laughs> um, you're never going to catch me singing in a choir. <laughs> and that being said, I still filled out the application. And I was like, why not give it a try? I got accepted. I entered the doors of Teen Challenge July 26th uh, last year. And uh, entered the short-term program, did that for 30 days, and then I went to the long-term program and entered the doors of that on September 3rd. Um, God is moving miracles in my life. Um, in eight days, I hit my year sober mark. <laughs> I, I had lost my faith um, with, all my, with all my usage, and after my grandpa passed away, I was just... I was mad at God. I was like, why are you letting this happen to me? Why are you taking people away from me? That means so much to me. Um, coming into Teen Challenge, I have now have gotten my faith back. Um, I have a relationship with my Lord and Savior. Um, I have a relationship with my kids again. They have come to see me while I've been in there. Um, and it's just, I couldn't, I couldn't do this standing on my own two feet. I, I, give, I give the credit to God. Um, he's done He's just done amazing miracles. I graduate on August 25th, and I'm super excited to see what he's gonna do next in my life and see, can't wait to see my kids again when I get out of here. And he's just, I can't, I can't express how much he's just moved miracles in my life. Thank you. Thank you. you know, we hear all the time that Teen Challenge is the last place people wanna come to. <laughs> It's a hard program, but it's also because it works. Um, Jesus is the answer. So how do we get these results that you see up here? We have a few different programs. We have our first and foremost, where all of our clients start is our licensed short-term program. It's anywhere from seven to 90 days. It's covered by most major insurance companies. We often refer to this as kind of our emergency room. Um, it's where we try to get the clients stabilized. We have them work with licensed counselors, with mental health professionals. We start to get into digging into the, the reasons behind why we use. On the other end of the building, we have what we're more known for. Um, that is what all these ladies behind me are part of, and that is our faith-based um, program. It is 13 plus months. And in this, we begin to dig into the Bible. And what does the Bible say about um, things like anger, forgiveness, grief and loss, humility, integrity? We firmly believe that addiction is an outward expression of an internal problem, namely our, our problem with sin. And so as we try to teach them, how does the Bible say to deal with anger? How does the Bible say to deal with forgiveness? Things that all of us struggle with, but us as addicts, we tend to turn to drugs and alcohol when we don't know how to handle those things properly. We've also got a Know the Truth program. We go around to over 250 middle and high schools and speak to over 55,000 kids every year 
where we just share our stories. Our hope is that we can stop one, just even one person from walking the path of addiction. And then we've also got our aftercare program. Um, we like to stay involved. This is an everlasting process that we're all walking out together. This is the body of Christ. We're the body of Christ. We want to know that we're here for them. Um, we have weekly alumni meetings that they can come be a part of. We go do things like play kickball and all kinds of fun stuff to try to stay together. And then the last thing I want to mention is we also have a community outpatient program that is over in South Rochester. Um, that is where people whose addiction level may not quite have hit the level of needing our, our re internal residential program can get some help. You can continue to go to work, continue to go to school, come see us once or twice a week, and we'll try to stop you from ever needing to come through the doors and needing our residential services. So that's just a little bit about what we do and how we do it. Um, we're going to sing another song for you guys. I'm going to ask Kelsey to come forward and then share her testimony.
it's the first time I've ever sang that solo. So thank you. <laughs> um, so my name is Kelsey Pendergrass. I'm 30 years old, and I'm from Anoka, Minnesota. I um, was born and raised there by two amazing parents. And um, I grew up in a very loving um, Christian home with um, sturdy morals and values and a lot of love, a lot of love. Um, I was raised in the church. I went to Zion Lutheran Church in Anoka, Minnesota for my entire life. Um, and there I learned to love the Lord. But um, regardless of growing up in a family with lots of love and faith for the Lord, um, we still were plagued by um, the pain of addiction. So that was something that I was exposed to in, in my youth. Um, and that was something that no matter what we were going to get through as a family, and with the Lord's help, we were able to do that. Uh, as I got older, um, reached about high school age, I began to experiment with um, drinking, and that was a fun way for me at the time to get recognized by a crowd that was a little bit different than the one that I had been raised in. Um, and I, a lot of times felt like I didn't fit in and wasn't cool enough. Um, of course, the Lord had a different idea of what cool was, and, and I knew that well, too. But um, this was a way for me to feel accepted and like I was confident, um, and just like everybody else. So um, I, I went to parties and um, did a little bit of drinking throughout high school, and by the time I had gotten myself into college, um, that's when the drinking started to kick up a little bit more. Um, but the entirety of um, high school and in college, I managed to continue to keep up with my studies, get good grades, and kind of live like this dual lifestyle of like wanting to be the fun party girl, but also wanting to live this Christian life, lifestyle, teach Sunday school, um, spend time with my family, and live a moral life as well, um, and have an independent and hopeful future. So, in seeking out this life of duality, I was split in two. And um, that's a cycle that continued into my adulthood. By the time I was 26, um, I was living on my own. I had an apartment, everything that I ever needed. I paid my bills. I had a consistent job. Um, but I was still drinking a lot, and things started to get scary. Um, so I had to, um, I had to confess and admit that I didn't have it under control anymore and I couldn't keep living as two different people. So um, I talked, I remember calling my mother and my father and telling them like, I'm struggling. And of course they knew, they knew, <laughs> because they had been through it with 
um, within our family as well. So they were supportive of me seeking recovery and I tried to do it on my own. Um, another two years went by and I continued to relapse and then get sober, relapse and then get sober. And all the while, I, um, I was, I'd fallen away from the Lord. Um, so I was trying to do it in my own strength. And we all know what happens when we try to do things in our own strength and by our own knowledge and will. Um, I wasn't successful. I ended up putting myself in treatment by 2019. And then um, it, wasn't, it wasn't until that attempt had failed and then I did outpatient for a year and that had failed as well, I relapsed shortly after that, that um, I was sitting in a jail cell with my fifth DUI and um, praying to the Lord, I was brought to my knees um, I, I needed his help. I, um, I got on the phone as soon as I could, and I made arrangements to go to Minnesota Adult and Teen Challenge. Um, I was finally admitting that I needed God back in my life, and I was um, given all of these hints along the way that I needed him back, and my mom and my grandma never stopped praying for me. Both grandmas never stopped praying for me the entire time, and um, he finally answered that prayer by bringing me back to his kingdom. Um, since I have come back into the Lord and learned to abide in him through the program, amazing and incredible miracles have happened in my life. It wasn't, it wasn't um, long after my arrest happened that I found out I was pregnant, and I was just terrified, but I knew that being at Teen Challenge and having the Lord on my side was going to get me through this experience, and, um, and he was going to not only make me a disciple, but give me the strength to also raise one of my own. Um, so, what, is, um, what does my aftercare plan look like? Because I'm not going to be in the program like most women for the entire 12 months. Um, I'm going into the Jeremiah program here in Rochester. I'm going to be provided housing for me and my daughter. And um, I'm going to be able to return to school and do, what the, do the Lord's work and do what he has in his will for me. Um, I'm just so incredibly blessed to have the opportunity to live out my dreams and also to, um, to make my family proud. And um, when I, I wake up in the morning, I just lay in bed and I have my time with the Lord and I feel her moving around inside of me and I just thank the Lord because no matter what comes, I'm like, I'm so ready for it. Like, God, what do you have next? And that pure joy and, and innocence, that, like, that childlike joy, it exists in me every single day, not only because of my child, but because of the love that, that the Lord has shown me to feel again. And um, I'm just so thankful every day. And I'm so thankful for this program because it wouldn't have been possible without them for me to be where I am. So I have been redeemed and... 
like uh, what your worship leader was saying, I, I sang for victory and I sang for freedom today and so happy I got to share that with you. Hello, my name's Tierney. I'm 32 years old. I'm from South Minneapolis, born and raised. Um, my story starts out with my parents having me very young. My mother was just 17 years old when she had me. Um, so they were really just babies having a baby. Um, thankfully, my paternal grandparents were able to help raise me. Um, they raised me up in the Catholic Church at St. Stephen's in Minneapolis, where I was introduced to the Lord, um, had a first communion, went to Sunday school and all that stuff. But I was never really taught how to have a relationship with Jesus or about daily prayer time or anything like that. It was just religion and just kind of being there on Sundays and holidays. Um, my parents divorced when I was about seven years old, and that was very hard on me. Um, it was really the first taste I had of depression and darkness in my life. Um, from there, I really turned to seeking my worth and getting validation through um, my academic accomplishments, through athletics, and things like that. And that's just where I learned to fill up my love tank and just to fit in that way. Um, by the time I got to high school, um, that's when I really started dating and trying to find my self-worth through romantic relationships with boys that were very unhealthy for me. Um, that's when I started to try marijuana and alcohol, drinking at high school parties and things like that. Um, it kind of took over for me um, to the point where I was thinking about dropping out of high school, but I just found it within myself to continue and keep pushing ahead. And then from there I went to college and I got into nursing school and I just really thought that was gonna be it for me, like pour myself into my career with nursing. But yeah, I just still felt like something was missing in my life. Um, after that I became a mother. I have two beautiful children. Um, but I was a stay-at-home mother and I still kind of felt a void in my life. Just, I always felt like there was something missing and I didn't know what that missing piece was and I was turning again to what I knew with marijuana and alcohol, trying to fill that void. Um, when I was 27, I separated from the father of my children and that's when I got into a deep, dark spiral of alcoholism. Um, started going a lot to bars and partying with people who were no good for me. Um, I got arrested for the first time when I was 27. Um, and I got into a very abusive relationship. That relationship was very toxic for me. Um, it really, it almost took my soul. It almost took everything from me. Um, and I got to a point where I just, knew it couldn't go on anymore. Um, thankfully, my aunt, she's my godmother, um, my dad's sister, I started going to a church with her in Minneapolis called the Worldwide Outreach for Christ, and that's when I really encounter, had a personal encounter with Jesus for the first time in my life. I was touched by the Holy Spirit, and so slowly but surely, God started pulling me back closer and closer to him. 
and that's when the sanctification process in my life really began. So although I started to really know Jesus like a close friend, I was still not fully free from the bondage of addiction and that abusive relationship. And then I reached a point where I just couldn't do it anymore and I knew I needed help and I knew the Lord was calling me to come to Minnesota Adult and Teen Challenge and I wanted to get out here to Rochester just to kind of get away from the city where I had always been and just find some peace and respite and that's exactly what I have found here and I'm so thankful that I listened to the Lord's leading and came to this program because um, I've since been delivered from that abusive relationship, from the bondage of drugs and alcohol. Um, my relationship with Christ is stronger than it's ever been. Um, the Lord is restoring my relationship with my children and my family. And I just wake up every day very excited to say the next yes to Jesus and just follow Jesus in this adventure that he has for me. Um, I graduate the program in September, and I'm going to the Teen Challenge Leadership Institute after I graduate, and I'm just so thankful for the opportunity God has blessed me with here, and I just thank you all for being here to share my testimony with you. Thanks. So you've heard a lot today about a bondage Lots of bondage, but you've also heard about a lot of chains breaking and freedom, and we're going to sing about some freedom now. I encourage you guys, as you would like to enjoy it and sing the song with us.
So I'm gonna give you some ways that you can get involved. Uh, first and foremost, we need your prayers. We covet your prayers. As you heard, these women are fighting for their very lives, and I'm a firm believer that prayer moves mountains, and so if you could please keep us in your prayers. Uh, second, somewhere out here in the lobby, we've got a table set up. If you need some information, if you know a loved one, a friend, a family member, a neighbor um, that needs some help, we would love to talk to you about what that looks like. We've also got some crosses that are available out there. The clients hand make those crosses. We would love for everybody to pick one up. Uh, it's a good reminder to pray for us as well. We also need help with volunteers and mentors. Um, our volunteer mentor program during COVID took a huge hit. Right now, ladies, how many of you have a mentor? How many of you have a mentor currently? Now, how many of you would like one? So a mentor is essentially just a godly friend. Come alongside these ladies, take them to a Bible study, take them bowling, take them whatever you wanna do, just spend some time with them. A lot of us don't have good godly role models in our life, and so it's just coming alongside them and being a godly friend. If you have some time in your calendar every other week or so, we would love to talk to you about that. We really do need mentors. And then the last thing is we need your financial support. There, there's no way around that. This does not happen without Jesus and without the support of the faith-based community. We get roughly $900 or so a month um, for each client. That money is going toward a bed and something to eat. We legally cannot take any of that money and put it towards faith-based programming. So in addition to that, we have to raise about another $1,200 per client to do what we do. There's an easy way to get all the money we want. We could have access to all kinds of grants and things like that if we just pulled Jesus out of the program, but we are not gonna do that. Jesus is the only reason that we are even anywhere near successful. And so we're gonna keep preaching the gospel. Thankfully, our God is a big God and he has a way. He always provides. So with that, it also gives me the amazing opportunity to tell you firsthand that I know that this program works. Um, I had my first beer at the age of four. By the time I was 12, it was cocaine, LSD, marijuana, methamphetamines, pretty much anything I could get my hands on. I came into this program in 2012, lost, hopeless, and addicted beyond all belief. I was suicidal. I had been through prison, jails, and everything. I'm about to celebrate 10 years of sobriety in November. But what I want you to really hear is it's not just about me. See, what God does is he has this ripple effect that every person up here, to pick out a face, every person up here represents 15 people. 15 people, each one of these people is a sister, a mother, a daughter, a friend. So for every person who comes to know Jesus, they're gonna go out and affect lives. I told you earlier, I believe wholeheartedly that these women have a call upon their lives to affect others. My wife is now a graduate of the program as well. Our children are never gonna know the path of addiction. If they do choose to walk that path, they sure didn't learn it from mom and dad. They're gonna know Jesus. My mom knows Jesus now because I came to Christ. I'm the first person in my family to come to know Jesus. My brother and sister don't shy away from me when I say the name Jesus. I haven't won them over yet, but I'm telling you, someday I'm gonna get them. <laughs> I come from a long line of addiction. My dad is still out there lost in addiction, but I'm telling you right now, someday I've had a vision. He and I are gonna stand around the throne of God and we are gonna sing praises to the Savior. That is what this is all about. And so we need your help to do that. Um, your first and foremost responsibility is to your family and to this church, but then if beyond that, if God puts it on your heart to give something, as a leader at Minnesota Adult and Teen Challenge, I'm here to tell you, each and every dollar that you give will go towards 100% towards helping these women. I cannot think of a better thing to invest in than the futures and eternities of these women. So thank you so much for having us here today. We're gonna sing another song for you guys. I'm gonna ask Anita to come down. you hurting and broken within, overwhelmed by the weight of your sin, Jesus. 
First off, awesome. You guys have done fantastic. Can we um, let them know again? So 
so since y'all are part of our church, first thing, um, the things that you have sung tonight, the things that you have said to us, they're so true. Like there's just capital T, God's truth, and we are so proud of you and so thankful that you guys are saying that yes to the Lord and what he has for you. So thank you for sharing that with us up here on stage. I'd also like to say to you, if um, you have not yet met this Jesus who sets people free, who picks them up out of the mud, cleans them off, and sets them in good paths and wide open spaces. After our service, there will be people down front who would love to visit with you and help you find him and meet him. Um, I wanted to talk just for a couple of minutes towards the end of our time together. They still have a song left, but um, Matt said something that I think is really important for us as a church to know and to hang on to. It's uh, twelve dollars to $1,300 a month per bed for these ladies and for the men's program. And uh, that is outside of anything that any grants, any insurance, anything covers. Um, And Matt told you that the solution, they could close that gap real fast if they would pull Jesus out of this program. But without Jesus, you don't have these stories. You might find sobriety, but you do not find abundant life. And so what we want for our friends and what we want for ourselves is to experience this abundant life in Jesus, and as Matt was talking, one of the things, it's, it's an old joke, but I was thinking, hey, there's great news, there's plenty of money here. Um, it's in the pockets of these people who are participating in this service and those of us who are online. And so we have, we have an incredible privilege to be generous this weekend and participate in what God is doing in and through Minnesota Teen Challenge. And what he is doing there spills over not just into the lives that these participants and their families, but it spills into our church. We get to worship with these ladies every weekend. It spills into our community. It's a beautiful thing that God is doing. And so we have the opportunity this weekend to give to Minnesota Teen Challenge. So I'm gonna show you on the screen the ways that you can do that. If you wanna give cash or a check and you're here in this room, there is an offering box at the back and you could drop it in there as you go away right, MNTC for Minnesota Teen Challenge on the memo line of that check so that we know that uh, you want to go to that. Um, You can visit our website at cccrochester.org and there's a give button there. And for those of you who are in the room, there is a QR code that um, in front of you that if you will click on that, it'll give you, I think it gives you two options. One is I'm new and the other one is give. And there is a memo line that you can pull down when you give, that you can pull down and give to um, Minnesota Teen Challenge. We have a special fund for that. For those of you who are participating online, uh, if you will click the give button, it will take you to that same screen and you'll have the opportunity to designate your giving to Minnesota Teen Challenge. But we want to um, we want to make this a weekend that just blows wind in their sails, lets them know that we're with them and we are for them and that we love them and we're really thankful that God has given us this opportunity. So my ask of you as they sing this last song is that you would ask the Lord what he would have you give. And as he gives you that answer, uh, if it stretches you, if it's beyond your comfort zone, especially then, give him a big yes and uh, let's say yes to these ladies and to his work. So ladies. Can I say hi quick? My family lives really far away and this is an answered prayer for me to be here. So I just want to say hi, Mom and Dad and Krista, and I miss you guys so much, and thank you for your support, because I'm here and it's answered. Mm-hmm. 
If you've been walking the same old road for miles and miles If you've been hearing the same old voice tell the same old lies If you're trying to fill the same old holes inside There's a better life There's a better life oh. Thank you all so much, and may God bless you all abundantly. Thanks. <laughs>